Hello, Celeste Katz. How are you doing? You well? Good morning. Happy to be here with you. Doing okay. All right. Fantastic. Um, now, first off, um, our chat today, I mean, it's just surprising that uh, a bill to codify abortion protection, it failed in the Senate, and it was because of a Democrat, right? Right. And this is uh, this is a big deal in the United States right now. Very big deal. Yeah. Uh, basically, there was a, a leaked uh, draft opinion from the Supreme Court that would essentially overturn uh, abortion protections in the United States under the landmark case Roe versus Wade. So it was a Democrat, Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who did not support the legislation causing it to fail. Yeah, a Democrat. I mean, it's the first of a kind uh, federal um, investigation, isn't it? Uh, well, a uh, uh, first of a kind. Uh, I mean, a Democrat that uh, for the Women's Health Protection Act, this is a Democrat-led bill that would effectively codify the right of an abortion. Right. And it, it was largely symbolic, but it was just sort of meant to uh, to indicate where the the high chamber, the Senate stands on this. And I guess it's done that. Um, it's not totally out of whack that, that Joe Manchin, who even though he's a Democrat, voted for this. West Virginia is certainly not as liberal as some other states in, in the U.S., like Massachusetts, where I'm speaking to you from, or uh, New York or something like that. But, um, you know, ultimately this is going to fall to the to the Supreme Court and everybody in the United States, no matter what side of the issue they're on, is waiting to see what's going to happen there. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the U.S. Uh, has identified burial sites linked to um, boarding schools of Native Americans. I mean, it's just horrific to hear about the first of its kind federal study of Native American boarding schools that for over a century uh, they sought to assimilate indigenous children. Now we're finding I mean, horrific uh, sites, correct? Exactly. So this was, we have a new, uh, relatively new uh, Secretary of the Interior, uh, who is Native American. She's part of the Laguna Nation, the Laguna people. And uh, she had ordered this study of what happened at these boarding schools. This is something that had been investigated in Canada. Uh, and um, the results, as you say, are really horrifying, really tragic. Children were forced into these schools essentially to deprive them of their um, indigenous heritage, their language, their culture, uh, made to speak English, cut their hair, uh, wear different clothing. Uh, it turned out, though, a lot of children, hundreds of children died. Yes. in the care of these schools, which were supported by the, the federal government. And so um, they found over 500 deaths that were related to these schools, but they're saying there could even be tens of thousands of children who died under these circumstances. And we're talking about 150 years, um, starting out in early 19th century of these schools being there. Uh, very dark history indeed. 
It, it, it really is. It's tragic. And I think this is a, a major reckoning. You know, what, what actually will happen that they're talking about if remains are found because they found a number of these burial sites, um, you know, certainly not formal um, or respectful in, in many ways. Some of the remains of these children uh, may be re, uh, returned to the tribes if, if that's what they want. But, you know, how do you make up for something like this? How do you account for systematically depriving people of their culture and in many cases of their lives? Yeah, many uh, children. Sadly, the investigation has um, so far turned up about 500 deaths, deaths at uh, 19 schools. Just horrific, really, isn't it? It's it's very sad, and this was something that affected uh, not just people in the mainland United States, um, but mm. also in um, Alaska Native mm. populations and uh, Native Hawaiian populations. So really, sort of uh, very widespread and and shocking and sad. This is not something that was done by a, a foreign power per se. This is something we did to ourselves. Yeah. Now you're sending me a story about one in three fears. Immigrants influence U.S. elections. Tell me about that. Yeah, I thought that was interesting kind of relatedly. If you look at the history in this country of of how the U.S. government or how people, you know, who are, are making up and supporting that government are treating people that they consider to be kind of other than them. Um, now we're looking at these poll results that say that one in three people in the United States are convinced that um, there is a systematic influx of immigrants to sort of dilute the voting power and political capital of native-born U.S. citizens, which for a lot of reasons just isn't right. I mean, you know, there's no question that this country does have um, a porous border, that there have been a record number of border stops along our southern border, um, uh, you know, just this year in the past few years. But at the same time, uh, you don't just show up in the United States and register to vote or vote without registering. I mean, citizenship is a very long and complicated process. You have to come in, you have to establish permanent residency, then it takes years to uh, apply and gain citizenship. But one in three people in this country believe that immigrants are being sort of shipped into the United States to deprive natural born American citizens of their rights. And that can extend to all sorts of attitudes about culture, about employment, uh, about a lot of things. Um, so the good news is that if that's one in three people who thinks that, it means two in three people do not think that, but it sort of sort of speaks to the, the cultural divide that we have seen developing and now persisting in the United States. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a super flower blood moon is on the way. Tell me about this because I know that there's an eclipse coming uh, Sunday night. Um, what do we need to know about the eclipse? Uh, I'm very excited about this, to be honest. I thought it would be nice to have some good news in here, um, you know, something interesting. So we are going to be having this very unique eclipse. I don't know that... Um, 
uh, it will be visible from Australia, but this is going to be this sort of special confluence of events. It's going to be a super moon, which is really big, and it's going to be a blood moon because it will have a red color, and then it's the flower moon because it takes place in May, which is, you know, sort of this spring season, season of flowers. So all these things, I'm hoping it's going to be really spectacular. I think around midnight on Sunday, I'm going to be, you know, peeking out. Yeah. To, to see if if this is you know as wonderful as it sounds yeah i mean uh, blood moon and also uh you know it's the uh, it's um spring for you guys isn't it yeah yeah we're just starting to get the lilacs here and uh crocuses and daffodils so this will be uh i think just something that'll be fun and exciting to watch you know it sort of changes colors it's not just red and then yeah goes back to white it goes through this series of orange and pink and and uh, red it should be really cool yeah fantastic um now plymouth is an uproar because of a possible plan for radioactive waste tell me about this this is the thing you know we love our uh, radioactive um, medicines but we we've got to deal with the waste so tell me about uh, plymouth and not accepting this. So people, I think, you know, may have heard of Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Rock, you know, where the pilgrims landed, sort of the, you know, the the early story, the early history of the United States. So uh, they had a nuclear power plant uh, in uh, Plymouth called Pilgrim because, you know, the whole Pilgrim thing yeah. here in, in Massachusetts. But the plant has been decommissioned. But now there are like a million gallons of radioactive wastewater that they have to figure out what to do with. And there are you know, a number of options. One is to evaporate this water somehow. One is to uh, put it into trucks and send it somewhere else. And then the third thing that people are really worried about is to just dump it into Cape Cod Bay. And, you know, commercial really? fishermen are really, really worried about yeah. this. Tourism could be, I mean, would you want your kids, you know, or your family or you to swim in no. bay waters on your Cape Cod vacation <laughs> if somebody dumped a million gallons, one million gallons or more of radioactive wastewater? Uh, you know, it's kind of an enclosed bay. So you would sort of guess, well, you know, you dump things in the water, it dissipates, but people are genuinely freaked out about this. And, yeah. um, you know, again, waiting to see how they're going to deal with this problem that we, uh, you know, once again, have brought on ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we love the medicines and we love the, you know, the future that we have uh, in front of us when it comes to nuclear waste, but where do we store it? That's the problem, you know, that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right. Great to catch up with you. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you very much, Celeste Katz. And thank you um, for chatting with us this morning. All right. Always a pleasure.